Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode six. And today we are talking about how to find your own unique style. And that's something a lot of artists seem to worry about. Um, It was a really interesting subject to talk about. And I hope you'll enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Enjoy. Hello again. Welcome to the podcast. And our March challenges are now in full swing. Well, actually, by the time you hear this, it'll definitely be in full swing. We've got loads of fantastic drawings and paintings for 5-Minute March and March Mixed Media. The 5-Minute March especially seems to be going down a storm, doesn't it, Sandra? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it really does. I mean, that's a brilliant idea of yours. Because <laughs> I think pretty much everybody can squeeze 5 minutes into their day, you know, whatever they're doing. And we've seen some great bits of art. But a couple of mixed media artists have really caught my eye are Sunny Sane. Now, she created this piece of art using a chocolate wrapper, and that was based on the prompt edible. And I thought, what a brilliant excuse to eat chocolate. I don't know. <laughs> Is she the one that did the pasta one as well? She did one that, and actually included... No, that's Jen. Oh, yeah, because I thought that was I'd so I'd rather good. have the chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind a bit of pasta, but that's probably got glue on it, so, you know. <laughs> um, and then also there's an artist called Marian Plowman who's in our Facebook group as well and she creates this amazing sort of mixed media art that's sort of halfway between real and imagination I, j- I just love her style so who's caught your eye for five minute march oh gosh quickly going back to your edible paintings and things <laughs> I actually tried to do a still life of some sweets as you know um, yeah and it was supposed to be a whole pile of sweets, but I, I kept, I kept eating them all. So that's why then, just one sweet on each one because I just ate the rest. What um, was left? The one you didn't like? <laughs> yeah. In fact, yeah, I think it was something like cherry, cherry chocolate, or, uh, cherry toffee, or something. It was revolting. <laughs> um. Anyway, sorry. Back to where? What, what were you asking me? Who caught me eye? <laughs> Who did you like that's done five minute mark? Who really stood oh, out for you? God, I, you know, I've been enjoying everyone's work. But, you know, some of the artists are so good. I'm trying to convince myself they must be cheating just to make myself feel better about my own stuff because I think, how on earth can you do that in five minutes? Claire Claire Dumphy, she caught my eye. Have you seen her stuff? Yeah, I have. Amazing. Yeah, the complexity of some of the objects that she's been drawing is quite brave, really, and yet she's nailed them all. So she's been, like, drawing anything from, like, a pair of scissors to a laptop computer with all the keys on the keyboard. Um, And I'm like, I don't know how on earth she's doing that in five minutes. Um, But she, she... I'm I'm assuming she is. Um, and I love the fact that she, when she photographs her work, she shows the pen that she uses in her photo as well. So that if you want to, if you're interested to know what she, you know, how she's made her drawings, you can actually see what she's used. Um, how come you didn't like it? Because I do that. You never mention it when I do it. I can't praise you any more than I do. You'll get a swollen head. <laughs> Shilpa Rajiv, she's been producing lots of really lovely 
botanical type sketches and then and then she adds the most gorgeous text have you seen those ones yeah the, the really sort of she's put on little details how the heck do you get that detail done in five minutes I, I don't know but I'm assuming the text must have been added afterwards because I'm sure it would take me at least five minutes to just draw one letter like yeah. that it was they but they're really beautiful but there's been so many pieces that caught my eye and everyone's really doing so so well and of course I've been doing the five minute march challenge too um so that's been interesting I found the first few days really really hard because as you know I'm not someone who is very free with my sketching so the first few days I absolutely hated it I was like oh why did I say I'd do this challenge but for, for some reason I've always had it in my head that sketching needs to be done really really fast but it really doesn't you know, it's about getting the main bits down and then the rest can be left to the imagination if necessary. So what, anyway, on day five, after, you know, my first four pitiful sketches, I drew a, a dancer leaping through the air and my timer went off before I could even finish the arms. Um, but I posted it anyway. Um, and someone, I think it was Kelly, Kelly Art and Things, I think it was her, she mentioned in a comment that she loved where I had drawn but also she loved where I hadn't and that that was all that was needed. And she really got me thinking, actually. And I started kind of looking at it in a different way. And since then, I've been sketching a bit differently. And rather than trying to get everything down as quickly as I can, you know, I'm just concentrating more on the movement and sometimes even deliberately leaving things out. And I'm kind of embracing that now. I'm enjoying it so much more. And I really feel like I'm actually learning something from the challenge. And yesterday, actually... It was so lovely. I, I drew another dancer and um, Cheryl Martin, she wrote a poem inspired by one of the dancers, which is so lovely. And actually, she's been sharing some of her grandchildren's attempts for the challenge as well. So I love that they're getting involved. Um, that's really sweet. But what I most love is that so many artists are commenting and posting on how much they're not only enjoying the challenge, but how much they're learning from it too. So I'm so chuffed about that. It really is helping everybody. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, your your sketches you've done. I mean, I always said to you, didn't I? Because when you were doing the February faces, I always really liked the ones that you said you'd done really quickly. Mm. Yeah. And I think it is that thing. I mean, I really like that you'd left your construction line in um, for your, your ballet dancer yeah. or whatever she was. I'm guessing that was you posing, was it? No, me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe when I was about 18, I could, I could do that. <laughs> Yeah, the energy line, I call it. It's yeah. just that sort of, uh, yeah, I always start with that, actually. I just start with a sweeping line to sort of um, figure out. And I see, normally I rub that out, but I didn't I didn't have time. And well, you, were, you weren't allowed because you were actually breaking the rules already, weren't you? Well, yeah, it was, this was confused everybody, didn't it? Because it was funny. Totally. The rules, the rules were that all the drawings should be done in ink. And the reason we originally said that... Who is, actually wrote the rule? Yeah, it was me. <laughs> and I forgot. But the, the reason I actually, the, the reason behind that was it stops you being able to rub anything out. And it's it sort of like you have to then embrace the mistakes. And of course, I'd forgotten about that, that little detail. And I I did my first few in, in pencil. Charcoal, and, uh it? Oh, the first, yeah, the first couple was in charcoal. And it's funny because if you really look at that rule, it said no eraser. And of course, I drew with my eraser. So I totally broke the rules. And then you, you, you pointed that out and said, right, you're breaking your own rules here. I thought, oh, no. But yeah, so what it, I think a lot of people had 
done the same thing though they'd been using all sorts of medium and people were saying oh no was I supposed to use pen so we changed it didn't we and we sort of said whatever medium you like but just don't erase because erasing I think is a mistake and of course the dancers um you know I I would normally rub out any kind of markings but I didn't I haven't um actually I think it sort of there's something nice about that I think it gives it a bit of energy so it's interesting isn't it that what you would normally get rid of turns out to be the one thing that makes it more interesting yeah no I really like it I mean and I've been doing I have had a quick go at the five minute march just because that is one you can literally fit in anywhere I've been just like sit in front of the tv my partner's watching tv and I've got the little buzzer on you know just drawing things but I find it's really weird because Uh, I actually tried to slow down a bit uh, yesterday because I draw too quick, but then it's not particularly in proportion because, you know, I'm just so hurriedly trying to get everything down. And yesterday I tried to slow down to draw this um, piece of armour and it was so much better. Yeah. You know, rather than all my scribbly lines I usually do. But I've also been doing the the March Mixed Media, which I'm I'm kind of loving, but I'm really missing those faces. Why don't you incorporate the two? Yeah, I might do. I might throw a few in, but I'm kind of worried because well, what we're about to talk about is how to find your creative style. And I, I don't want to kind of narrow things down too quickly because I'm trying to kind of explore things and experiment and that sort of thing. Yeah, because you may well find other things, you know, that you love to draw as much as faces, but you didn't know. Sorry, I might have a coughing fit. <clears throat> yes, I'm actually really <laughs> disappointed we didn't record this yesterday because I nearly lost my voice yesterday. And I had this sexy rasp going on. <laughs> I thought if I could just hang on to that for the podcast episode, yeah, it'll be really cool. But but now I'm just croaky instead. Uh, you could <laughs> no. have been like voiceover man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I love these. A lot of people are doing those scribbly sort of sketches. And I love that as well. There's something about it. I, it is an energy, I think. But what I'm sort of decided is stop, stop sort of trying so hard to get everything down quickly and rather just get what you can down in the time and yeah. think, think about your marks and that's what I've been trying to do scribbly I I think I should try the scribbly ones though I really like yeah, those maybe mm. I'll tell you what actually could try um you know I was trying to do those scribbly whirly things I, I did some drawings with scribbles yeah yeah you could actually do that couldn't you I, mm. I hadn't even thought about the five minute one yeah maybe but yeah anyway we're diverting aren't we from the main topic yes. that we're supposed to be talking about which yeah. is finding your style and well first of all do you need to find a style I guess if, you, if you're painting purely for fun you know it's just a little hobby then it doesn't matter at all you can just paint whatever you like in whatever medium and it really doesn't matter if anybody will recognize it or not because it's just for you and you know, purely for the pleasure of it but if you eventually maybe want to sell your work or you want to become known as an artist in some way I guess you do need to start thinking about how to make something that's yours. It's almost like finding your voice and making some, something that someone will know immediately that that is your work. So, so what do you think about you know, finding your style? Well, I agree with you. It's not important at all if it's, <clears throat> you know, if it's a hobby. But if you want to stand out from the crowd, then, of course, it's very important to have something about your work that makes it stand out as your own, which is your style. Um, I mean, there are some pieces of art that we see on social media or or hung on gallery walls and I I can tell exactly who that artist is without even reading their name there's just something unique about their work that distinguishes them from the other artists um, on the screen or in the room Um, 
But it's a good idea when you see work like that to ask yourself what it is about their work that makes it uniquely them. And that'll help you to understand what makes a style. So it's not just about the genre. In fact, that shouldn't even matter. A style is something that makes an artist's work recognisable, even without a signature. So it might just be a colour palette, a ribbon of colour that threads through the body of work. It might be the way the artist paints something in a unique way. Um, if you think about an artist um, like Modigliani or something, as an example, his figures were instantly recognisable by his use of like bold black outlines and elongated features. But there was even something about his colour palette that made his work distinctive somehow. And it's often more than one thing that makes an artist's work distinctive. It might be something you're actually doing wrong academically. And believe it or not, these mistakes that we make can be really valuable to us because they're what makes us they're what make us unique. So they should be embraced. Um, it's something that separates your figure or your landscape from someone else's that makes it unique to you. I actually had to Google more. more. Oh, Medigliani. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah Sorry. <laughs> so if anybody else doesn't know who it is either, just go and have a quick Google. And yeah. the figures are quite cool, actually, aren't they? they? Yeah, I mean, they're just really different. Um, They are really different. It's just, it's just an example. It's, it's like Picasso or, you know, that he's got his own style. It's very, very distinctive. And they're the kind of people you look at and you think, I don't even need to look at the signature. I can tell straight away, you know. And that's what yeah. we've got to try and um figure out, you know to get our own so I've had a bit of a fight in my own head about this finding your style thing because as a designer a graphic designer I really did not want to have a style because I, I always felt that if you were doing a piece of design work for a client it should be made for that client so obviously if they've already got a set of branding or whatever it should look like them you know it should fit with them but if you're creating something from scratch for them you don't want it to look like anybody else's thing. It needs to be theirs and unique. It almost needs to be their style rather than your style. And But I, I've been to some freelance graphic design interviews and the people have said, oh, we really like your work because it's really diverse. Because they've had different people in there who've come in with this folder and they said, it's almost like they've got a house style. It's very much like they've built almost like an artist style. You know, which is fine if someone comes to you because that is exactly what they want. But if you're going to be working for a different range of clients, you know, it really doesn't work at all. And I've also found that, you know, when I used to try and design little characters, little cartoon characters myself, I would actually be trying to design the style for that character rather than it being my style. If you can imagine, I could have loads of different characters, but maybe in my style. But what I would do is do a distinctive style for each type of character that I was creating. Yeah, that, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I think, but I think it's different, isn't it, for art? I do. I think it, it definitely differs um, for art than it does design. So, for example, if somebody um, asked me uh, if they could commission me to paint a landscape, uh, well, I would say no. Uh, because that's just not what I do. It's not what I enjoy doing. And quite frankly, for that reason, it would probably show in the work. So then what I would do is I'd suggest another artist um, who would be much better suited to what they want. Um, the problem is as well that too, too many artists, they're so hung up on finding a style that they try and find one as quickly as they possibly can, even though that might mean emulating someone else's. And we've spoken about this before on a previous episode. We talked about how important it's, you know, it is not to do that because you do want to be unique. 
You don't want your work to be confused with another artist's work, however much you might admire them. Because the other thing to remember is if you mimic someone else's style, you'll only find yourself being compared to that artist. And then, of course, yours is not going to be as good because they've probably been doing that for years. Yeah, I mean, I'm struggling at the moment because I keep trying out different things. And I think, you know, I'm probably in the same position that a lot of people are who who might be listening if you haven't found the style yet. So that is what I'm trying to do. I, I've finally decided I do need a style or at least a style for now. So, um, so like I say, I've been experimenting a lot. But I, I think, you know, when do I decide that that is my style? So, for example, I've been trying that scribbly style that I mentioned before, and I've been trying this um, using sort of wax um, watercolour crayons. And I kind of like the look of some of those over collage. And I think, well, is that my style or do I keep on looking for it? You know, I'm liking drawing over tinted paper. Could that be my style? And it's like, when do you decide that is your style? I don't know. I don't think it's a decision you can make. I honestly don't. I think it's something that comes naturally. Um, And if I'm honest, I already see that you have a style and you don't even realise you've got it. Um, I'll talk more about that in a bit. But I mean, how do you find your style? Well, first of all, it can't be rushed. It, It takes time and sometimes it takes years. But the more and more work that you produce, you'll find that you'll naturally develop a style and it'll just creep up on you over time um, without you even realising it. And that's exactly what happened to me. I wasn't even aware I had a style until people started commenting on it. Um, and then when I started sort of looking at all my pieces of work together, I could see, well, yeah, they all they all have a similar feel about them. And I think that would probably apply to you if you look back on all of the posts you've been making, even though they're all different in some way. There's still something about them that I can tell that they're yours. So you might... They're scribbled. (laughs) That's what it is. No, it's just something about it. It, I don't know. Um, Sometimes it's something you can't put your finger on. But it might actually be that you have a style already and you just haven't realised it yet. So, for example, when I see things popping up in our Facebook group, you know, I can often tell exactly who's posted it without even looking at the name. So it's, I think it's in us all already. We just have to figure out what it is that makes our work different from everyone else's and try and develop that. Um, but if you're one of those people who really struggle with that, then we've got a few tips to help you along the way. Yeah, I was just going to mention as well, just, just to add to that, I, mm. I was talking to a, uh, a woman on Instagram the other day and we were both discussing she's trying to find a style as well. And she does a bit of writing and a bit of kind of illustration art type work. And she was saying while she's trying to find a style, her drawing just goes completely out the window. So her drawing becomes rubbish because she's so concentrating on, you know, trying out different things. And I find exactly the same thing. If, if I try and experiment more. I kind of lose the drawing aspect, which is, which is a, it's a really weird thing, really. And she was saying what she was doing, she was just going to not worry about the drawing as much for now. And, you know, just go with the flow of testing out things and seeing what happens. And then once she'd found something she kind of liked, she was going to then try and tighten it up, you know, and make it into a, make the drawing better, I guess, to go mm. with the kind of style she'd found. See, I'm not sure that it's um, a good idea to try and find a style it's like it's like finding a man <laughs> they appear when you don't <laughs> when you're not looking <laughs> do you reckon <laughs> it's 
it's, it's something I don't think you can. I don't think it's something that you can try to to have. It's something that will happen, and it will happen naturally. It won't happen because you're trying to find it. In fact, if I'm honest, I think that will probably only hinder hinder it i think the secret to finding a star is just keep on drawing and painting and drawing and painting and you'll probably look back and think actually i can see that i have developed a star do you know what i mean yeah well i'm actually thinking about the comparison of finding a man now and (laughs) if i I think about that then essentially i need to find my style by going nightclubbing (laughs) and having quite a lot to drink Well, we've done the whole having quite a lot to drink. Exactly, I Actually, need to do it again. And if you think about it, that's how this whole thing of you drawing started. Yeah. That is how I'm finding my style. Yeah, yeah, just get drunk. Yeah. Anyone who doesn't understand that, oh, you'll just have to message us and we'll, we'll give you the details. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think, and what about these challenges then? Do you think that's a good way of helping? Yeah, I mean, definitely, because for me, um, as, as you know, probably what completely kicked off my love of drawing again, because I really, you know, hadn't bothered drawing by hand for probably years, was us starting to do those uh, little challenges. The drinking one. Yeah. Uh, if you can remember when, when we drew the uh, the bottle. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you challenged me, I think, to get up early in the morning. I did. You and didn't you thank didn't, me for you it. Didn't, yeah, you, you didn't do the challenge. I set you from what I remember. I can't and remember what it was. I can't remember either. So you obviously didn't do it. But um, yeah, you, you challenged me to get up early and I started doing some doodling. I think, I, think that, I think that kind of kicked off the whole idea, didn't it, of doing the challenge site, really? Yes. So yeah, I think basically doing a challenge for a start, it can kick back your... If, if you did use to love art and... You know, you've thought about doing it again, but never done it, it, never done anything about it. And I think taking part in a challenge can really sort of spark your love of that art again, for one, you know, even before trying to find your style. And then for me, I think each time I do one of these challenges, I learn something, even if it's only a small thing, maybe about what I like, what I don't like. So, so for example, this time doing, we're doing a mixed media one. I switched and I'm using, it's really silly, I'm, I'm using an A4 watercolour book. Yeah. Whereas when I did the faces one, I used a little moleskin and it was probably about an A5, A6 sort of size, quite quite small. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm learning, I much preferred that smaller format. Because even while you're just experimenting, you can get so much done small. I think you found that, didn't you find that with Five Minute March? Yes, I did. Actually, I've got a sketchbook that is really, really big. And the reason I love having a big sketchbook, I find um, a small sketchbook just too small to work in. I feel confined. Um, and when I've got a big sketchbook, I can I feel like I can move my arm really freely. But what I do, what I've been doing for five minute March is instead of doing a big sketch, which I was trying to do in the beginning, I'm just doing little ones and, and doing several on a page. So um, that makes more sense to do that for me in my book um i like working small interestingly i don't like working in a small book it's weird yeah it is isn't it (laughs) because i couldn't work like you do because that idea of having loads of images on one page Mm. for me i would hate that why because because then if i drew one thing and i liked it 
it would then annoy me if I drew something else and I hated it. <laughs> but that's <laughs> a sketchbook. <laughs> but then that's what a sketchbook is all about, isn't it? It's just it doesn't matter, and you can cover it up anyway if you if you hated it no, that I, much. I don't know. It, I just wouldn't like it. I've got but... some. I've got some pages in my book that are absolutely horrendous, and then I've got these little gems in amongst them. I'm like, oh, that little sketch there is lovely, and then all around it are these monsters. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it makes the page kind of interesting in a way. There's always something on there that's like, oh, that's that's really good. But um, then there's other stuff. It's like, oh god, we don't need to look at that. Do you know what I mean? That experimentation thing as well is like, you know, trying out different mediums, all things like that. I think everything like that, every time you do something, you learn something, however small, about your likes and your dislikes. Like, for example, I drew a still life the other day and I wasn't going to do it, but I thought I'm going to have a go at this. And okay, it looked all right, but I was so bored. It, and it was, it was these raspberries. Do you know how many bobbles are on a raspberry? <laughs> Do you know? And I, I love that one. That's one of my favourites of yours. Oh. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I loved it. Oh, but you know how little patience. Like you love detail. I hate detail. So drawing each of those bobbles, I was about ready to oh just give up. And, See, I'd oh, like to do a massive, a massive painting of a uh, real close up of all those bobbles. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, you'd like need that. something to reflect it in, though, wouldn't you? You'd have to put it in a floating glass yeah. of water or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, make it a nice shiny raspberry. Yeah. No, I love all that, but ev- everyone's to their own, aren't they? Um, and this sort of leads me to the next thing: an obstacle that artists you know, are often faced with is that they worry. They worry that everything has already been done before. And that's actually quite true. Um, in a way, nothing is unique. It's it's a question of putting your own spin on something that's been painted before, time and time again, and make it unique to you. And it's really funny, actually, because, you know, I've received emails in the past from artists asking if they would mind if I if they painted some marbles <laughs> and I, I tell them you know I, I don't have exclusive rights to paint marbles and I'm not the first to paint them either uh, I mean I certainly wouldn't want anyone to copy one of my paintings of course not but you know we all see these things so differently that it's it's okay to paint the same subjects and if you've ever watched one of those programs those those art programs where you get several artists sort of in a row all painting the exact same thing that's in front of them What's fascinating about it is how how different each painting will be. So no two artists see this, you know, the same thing in the same way, and that's what makes them unique. Have you ever seen um, landscape artists of the year and all that sort of stuff? Do you ever watch? Yeah, any of I that? really like the portrait one. Are you, yeah, are you I watching? love it. Oh, I'm watching that. I like that too. I love yeah. it. I love it. I really do. And it, that's a, a, a perfect example of what I'm talking about. You've got, I don't know, five or six artists all painting the exact same model. And the styles are just completely different. And it's that's what I find so interesting about it is, is more, you know, how different they all are. And yet they're all looking exactly the same thing. The weird thing is as well that they quite often, I mean, some won't, but quite often they'll all actually look like the person or some aspect of the person. You think, how the heck can all these these drawings that look so different actually still look like the person? They've got something, something in in them that sometimes they don't necessarily capture a likeness necessarily but they capture something of their character don't they yeah must be but it is clever it's really yeah. i wouldn't do that <laughs> i would never yeah. do that can you imagine me doing a painting in four hours i <laughs> know <laughs> no, really can't you might I get your sketch done yeah I'm... 
Especially now you've been practicing the five minute march. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose that's bringing this, you know, talking about how different artists paint. You can look to the work of other artists, like you were saying. And for example, when I used to, um, when I come up with ideas, cartoon character ideas, I'd get together a mood board. So I might have all these different cartoons that other people have done. But then you'll look at it and you'll just think, oh, I kind of like, I like that that character's got big eyes. Or I like the way, you know, the colours work on that. And you, you'll maybe take a bit of the idea from each of them. So you're not just drawing from one thing. You're drawing from lots of different ones. And you're not doing it exactly the same. You're putting your own spin on it, like you were saying. So hang on. Um, just just to stop you there then. Yeah. <laughs> when you made my cartoon character, <laughs> what was on your mood board? <laughs> no, could, no, yours was – there was nothing on my mood board. Um, oh. because, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> because I'd already created the style, hadn't I? Oh, yeah, that's a bit Because I'd already done mine. <laughs> and actually, I don't even think I had a mood board for mine because my character was just me being silly, messing about one day on my iPad. And I just drew this... Um, because I always have too many ideas on my head, I just drew this picture of this character sitting on, like, the psychiatrist's couch. And she was getting counselling for... You know, she was going, Oh, my God, I've got no no ideas left. Um, this means I've, yeah this means I've got to now execute on some of them it was just a bit of a silly and I just sort of carried on with it really so you, there was no mood board for that you, one you got my hair right and you got something you got because um it's funny my brother-in-law you, he's got that cartoon character as his um as my profile picture on his phone so when I phone him I come up I come up on his screen as a cartoon I always said I, I know I made it when I made <laughs> when I was turned into a cartoon character <laughs> it's been the highlight of my artistic career so far oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> We're going to have to do some new ones, actually, for the for Keith and the Creative in our, in our new style. Yeah, we will. We've will. got to find our style for yeah, that. Yeah. Um, anyway, you've diverted me now. <laughs> right. Um, you were talking yeah, about looking at other artists for inspiration. Yeah, so as well, I saw this artist on Instagram, and, and she was doing its really amazing stuff. And it was um, – she'd used materials I really would never have considered. So she'd got, like, a really kind of broad black ink pen – and then over the top of it, and I actually asked her what she'd use. She'd use oil pastel. Oh, yes. And I thought I never would have ever considered that. But you could take that, and I did experiment with this, and not use her style, but just use the combination of materials, for example, and try that and see how that works from you. Um, and I think, you know, we've just been doing the – we've recently had the February Faces. And do you remember we had a Picasso we had to draw one in Picasso style. Yes. I yeah. think you I think you ducked out of that one. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not following any of the prompts at all. Um, uh, and they are optional. Rebel. I'm just I'm just not I'm just doing my own thing with all of them. But um yeah, no, everyone else did, didn't they? I think most people have followed the prompts, which is good. Yeah, but for that one, again, if we're saying look to the work of other artists, if you look to the work of like the masters or even look to work of your contemporaries but just take an element from it and try it out for yourself so for example the picasso one basically what we did we had to draw a face but in the style of picasso and and you sort of learn stuff by doing that and we've actually got a new um, challenge coming up haven't we um you have to remind me what it's called is uh imitation april and that is basically probably another good way of trying to find your style because yeah you're that will be drawing be. in the style of of the old masters, uh, different artists, but you're going to be putting your own spin on it. So but, you're going to be not copying their work, but 
using that kind of ilk of their style to create something else. And it won't just be old masters. There'll be all sorts of, we'll have lots of um, artists that we'll sort of give you examples of. It could be even something like, I don't know, Danny Gregory or maybe John Bergerman. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to have a mention, hasn't he? (laughs) Yeah, we've got to get him every episode. Danny Gregory and John Bergerman. Do you think eventually they might get in touch? I think... I think we're going to have to get them on the show, even if yeah. it's against their will. <laughs> I think yeah. we're going to have to do it. Uh, I, I, you know, I love going to art galleries for that re- for that reason. Um, and I'm not just talking about the big posh London galleries at all. I'm talking about the ones that we find in our local towns. Um, you know, done by sort of artists in our own, uh, you know, lesser known artists. And it's such a great place to look at a whole bunch of artists' work, and then sort of look at what makes their work stand out from everyone else's so what makes them differ from each other and um i always find that's uh, a i find it really inspiring and, and b it's just interesting to see everyone's style different styles um another idea though if you're struggling to find a style and you really want to is to take a workshop or better still take a few workshops a few different ones um this can be a really good way of finding out what you're good at and what you're not. Um, but before you go out and book a ton of different workshops, choose wisely. And I'm speaking from experience here. <laughs> I had a really bad experience in a workshop. Have you ever done a workshop before, Tara? Yeah. yeah. Oh, have tell you? Tell me about yours first. Yeah, tell me about yours. Oh, okay. So um, years ago, this is when I was pretty much first starting out and I was desperate to try and find a style, really, really was. And I was working with watercolour then and I, you know, I had so many books and stuff and I was just just trying really hard to paint pretty much like everyone else was painting, I think. And But there was this one lady and, and she's her work is beautiful. It's um, She's an amazing artist and her name is Jean Haynes. Have you ever heard of her? No. She's got lots of books out and things like that. She paints really, really loose watercolours. Um, and she often focuses on in like on one detail, such as an eye or something, and then the, it gets progressively looser as she works outwards. And I, I, a lot of her paintings were she'd do a lot of roosters, and she'd paint the most beautiful rooster eye, and then work outwards from that eye, and she'd do this explosion of feathers. But it was so loose; it was really amazing. And you can imagine, can't you? That was I was that was never going to work for me. Um, I I. I basically went along to her workshop. I was so excited and it was a complete disaster because her style, it just did not suit my personality at all. And um, I honestly felt like I was the worst one in the entire group and it completely shattered my confidence because, um, you know, I just wasn't on that same level as everyone else. But it wasn't because I wasn't any good. I, it It's just... Well, I wasn't any good. I wasn't any good at all at doing that. At that style. At that style, yeah, yeah exactly. It, it was about, It was because I had chosen the wrong type of um, workshop to suit me. Um, so I didn't go to, <laughs> to any more workshops for a while because there's nothing worse, is there, than being in a room full of people and you think, oh, my God, my one's the worst in the room. It's just so embarrassing. <laughs> well, I think you've got to do that, haven't you? You've got to go to kind. it. Kind. Well, no. Probably. Well, maybe to it's... figure out what you're no good at, maybe. Yeah, almost. If... Unless you know already this is totally not going to be me. I think sometimes you have to go along and try it. I mean, I would never try it now because I just know that's not me. But yeah. back then, it was when I was trying to figure out who I was, I suppose, as an artist. So 
you know, I wouldn't have known that I wasn't going to be any good. And in fact, I think the reality of it is, if I'm honest, I thought, oh, that looks quite easy. (laughs) (laughs) So I reckon that that's the one to start with. But it really isn't. It's not easy at all. Um, it's not easy, especially when you're trying to be loose. It's it just yeah. it's complete. It doesn't work. But anyway, a few years later, um, I went to another workshop with a guy called Mike Skidmore. Actually, we'll get him on the show, I think, at some point because he's a lovely bloke. Um, he paints in a realism that's sort of similar to mine. So you can certainly tell us apart. Oh, my goodness, for sure. But but the level of realism was, you know, it's on a similar plane. Um, he uses different techniques than I do. So he uses acrylics um for his underlayers and then he goes over the top with oils um but they were really you know they were really fun to try out and uh, i i'd chosen a workshop basically with an artist who sees things in a similar way i do um and it did the polar opposite of what the previous workshop had done um i was i was on the same level as the other artists in the room well it really built up my confidence because i felt yeah now i know i can do this um but yeah so so very it's very very important when you're looking at workshops to pick something that's going to suit you and what you like to do um because and 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 if it doesn't work don't let it crush your confidence at all because it just means that that's not that that's not meant for you you're, you're meant for something else yeah. um and and it just goes to show that just because you enjoy looking at one particular style of painting um i mean i love looking at loose washes and loose paintings but it doesn't mean necessarily that it's gonna be a style that suits you as an artist yeah no, do, do you want to hear about my disaster yeah please one, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went to a local, and you'll laugh at this, watercolour um, sort of workshop. You know, just in a, it was held in a local library. Um, and I can't remember how many people that could, because basically when I was about a teenager, I used to paint in watercolours all the time. I haven't really done it much since, but I thought, oh, this would be interesting. And there's, to be honest, around here, there's not that much kind of arty stuff going on unless you want to go to to the city you know to london or leicester the nearest cities to me i had to travel so, miles for mine yeah uh, did you yeah miles no so so anyway i thought well i'll try it, it might it'll be interesting and i thought well, i might meet some other arty people so i got there and i can't many people probably let me 20 maybe 15 20 pe- people around this big table and um, probably a lot of people kind of retired i guess and and i sat this near this woman she was really nice and then um, what we had to do was paint this still life, my favourite. And um, it was a still life of a you know, pear and an apple or something. But it wasn't actually, I can't remember if it's actually sitting there, but basically what she'd done, she'd drawn it and then she gave you, you had to make your own carbon paper by scribbling on a bit of paper. She'd give you the drawing and then you'd use her drawing. Oh, yeah. Yes. So basically, in case some people couldn't draw, it was basically you were using her drawing as your starting point. She right. said, you don't have to use it. You can just draw your own if you want. So I refused to use that. Yeah. <laughs> I, drew, I drew my own. Um, but but then she she was a really funny woman. Um, so and, and I, I'm quite slapdash. So I was painting and, and she had this thing about don't put your brush in the water um downwards obviously because you ruin your brushes yeah well I'm used to that um as you can imagine so 
every every few minutes she'd come along, she'd tot at me, <laughs> she'd turn it round, <laughs> turn this brush round, and uh, and she said she had this thing she used to do with some people where she'd give them a pile of sweets, and each time they did it wrong, she'd take away a sweet. Oh, it was, that's brilliant! It was, it was quite antiquated, and uh, and yeah, I just remember she just kept on saying yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything and you know it was it was kind of an interesting day but I didn't really learn a lot I mean she was actually her watercolors were brilliant the ones that she did but I think it was just a little bit too basic yeah yeah if you know what I mean no I mean I picked some I picked some very well-known artists that I really admired you know and Jean actually she she did the exact same thing because I kept leaving my brush sort of bristles down and actually watercolor brushes are really expensive so it's definitely not a good idea to do that um but mike's one it was funny because when i walked into the workshop there was a two photographs that you could choose from um that we were working from photographs on this particular workshop um and one was pretty much a, a sort of style that i've done and done and done which I was felt very within my comfort zone and it was kind of like a, a red pear and a glass of red wine um, on a really, really dark background. And it was the kind of thing I'd been doing before. So I thought, well, yeah, that'll be the one. But anyway, they'd already been taken and there was the other ones left were kind of really light. They were, it was like a sort of porcelain white sort of pot with an apple, a green apple. And I just found that to be quite a cold um, photograph to work from and I really didn't want to work from it but I had no choice yeah um, but in actual fact I'm really really glad that that happened because it pulled me out of my comfort zone so I was using all the same techniques but just you know switching the light on I suppose yeah and it was almost I suppose it maybe directed me more towards light bright paintings because I I tried it and liked it um I really enjoyed doing that but yeah um it's nice to be pulled out of your comfort zone, but not too far. But do you know what I did when I got home? It's just really annoying, really, because I should have kept it. I got rid of the painting because I didn't... Oh, no. Well, it, was, it wasn't... The painting was fine. It's just the fact that, well, first of all, I knew I was never going to sell it or anything like that. I wouldn't sell a painting I did at a workshop because I know that there are others similar, and yeah. I wouldn't do that. Um and somebody else has taken the photo. It's not come from me. Um, but I, I ended up getting rid of this painting. And I should have kept it, really. I've got a photograph of it. Because every now and then I come across this photo and think, actually, that was fine. I don't know why I threw it away. I should have just kept it. Um, there was nothing wrong with it at all. Could have done with a splash of red in it. but um... So that is almost perhaps where your style came from, then? Well, no. I don't. I already had my style because I was I very mean, the, similar. The white, you know, this whiteness, yeah, you've got the brightness. I was doing a lot of sort of deep dark paintings you know as in yeah on dark backgrounds and just painting the lights and that was great and I still do that from time to time I did that rum and lime painting recently and that was very dark but um I was doing it almost all of my paintings were kind of like that and um yeah but, but when I did that one I was like oh I really actually I really like painting light bright paintings and yeah I did some more so yeah you could say that's perhaps I think it would have happened but I think um it maybe gave me the confidence to to do it a bit quicker so do you reckon that'll ever change do you think you'll start or can you see how it's changed what do you mean my my start do you think yeah. my style i think it'll evolve and i don't think i'm going to be able to help it um i don't i won't i'm not intentionally sticking to the same style i'm not intentionally trying to do different things i'm just painting what i feel like painting when i feel like painting it and 
I think artists always very, very slowly evolve. Um, and I think that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard quite a few people say that, that um, your style kind of emerges as you discover what you enjoy drawing, almost, it, it or does. painting. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and one thing, a well, good idea is to look at your favourite pieces of work that you've done in the past. So ones that you love the most and ask yourself what you particularly love about that. Could you carry it through to another piece? I mean, I've done this myself when I've been lacking in mojo, for instance. Sometimes I look at older pieces and think, you know, or look at my website and think, what did I enjoy painting? You know, what what pieces, uh, you know, were did I find the most inspiring? Um, and I suppose it figure, it's figuring out what draws you to something that can help you find your style you know it's what when I look at some painting think, oh yeah I remember I really liked painting bubbles and funny enough I think I'm going to be painting some more bubbles next um because I know I really enjoyed painting them um will they be exactly the same as my other ones probably not I'll probably do them better this time because I've done it before and so in that way I'll naturally change a little bit it's because you learn from your previous experience of painting yeah. You know, every time you paint something, you learn something from it. So the next time you paint it, you might paint it slightly differently. Not enough to make someone think, oh, gosh, your chart style has changed. But just enough to, and that's what I mean by slowly evolving. It just evolves with experience. Yeah, I mean, Jen, you know, Jen McClary, who's in our group, who does all the amazing mixed media and mm. the abstract work. Yeah. And I know she said to me in a podcast, I don't know if we've mentioned this before or not, but um, she's also in our Facebook group. She said how she basically intended, kept on tending to build this drawing habit and it had never stuck. And it was only finally when she did an outdoor sketching course and there's a teacher that experiment, uh, taught them to experiment using collage and she loved it and, and built this creative habit on doing this sort of collage and mixed media journal pages, you know, and that has developed into all this work she does now. She now uses those journal pages. She actually uses bits of them in a proper work, you know, takes the ideas from them, develops them. So it, it all spurred from, you know, trying that thing out and experimenting with it and finding the things she loved, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so basically yeah. there's... So what sort of experiments would you suggest then? Well, I just got a little roundup of sort of things, a few of the things I'd tried and a few of the things that we've been talking about. So basically experiment, like we've said, um, just try different size paper. I know it sounds really, really simple, but try working at different sizes because it does really make a difference, even if you don't think it will. Um, don't discount a medium that you've tried before. You know, revisit it. I absolutely thought I hated oil pastels. I know you hate them. Or <laughs> you don't like them much. No, I don't like them. But I found some, in, I've got this old fishing box and it's got a load of art materials in it and it's got to be donkey years, years old. It's got to be at least 15 years old. And the, when we were doing the, I think it was Art Journal January, I grabbed them out and I thought, oh, I'll try them again. And I thought, I actually quite like this. So I've gone from a thing that I really didn't like to actually, you know, quite enjoying doing it. And that kind of developed into me looking at other similar mediums. So I then found kind of water-soluble wax crayons and, and then started looking at uh, water-soluble coloured pencils. And I'd actually had some of those sitting around for like a year or so. So try try new try also new media that may not have existed before because, you know, everything's sort of changing. So, you know, they now do water-based oils, don't they? You can mix them with uh, yeah, water. Yeah, they do. I've tried them. I don't – I 
personally don't particularly like them that much. They kind of feel a little bit, maybe slightly chalky. I don't know. I suppose it's just I'm used to what I'm used to. Yeah. So there's also sort of stuff like ink tense pencils. Uh, and I don't think they exist. I don't know how long they've been out, but yeah, I warned they, you, they didn't I? I warned you ago. when they when they get yeah. wet, they go really, really intense. I've got some of those. They're brilliant. Because because before, you know, I always thought if you wanted to paint, you know, you've got to get your paintbrush out and apply the paint that way. But I'm learning that for me, I actually prefer it if I can put the colour on the page and then just get a bit of water out because it's so much quicker. So experiment trying new media that you've never even probably heard of. So how about having to have a look around at that? Try collage and drawing over different surfaces. Um, you know, even stuff like toned paper, anything like that. It, it just can really make a difference to how your work looks, even if you paint or draw exactly the same thing on top of it. Um, especially with toned paper. Have you used toned paper? Yeah, yeah. I've done, um, funny enough, uh, you know, I'm doing these sketches of dancers at the moment. I do like yeah. I like sketching dance. And I did a, a drawing of a dancer and on toned paper. And it's probably one of my favourite drawings. Um, it didn't actually take me too long because when you, lose, we, when you use toned paper, of course, you, the mid-tone's already there. All you've got to do is put in the darks and the lights. And uh, I love working with toned pe- paper. And the next step, I've actually bought my next sketchbook already. And it is, a, is it Strathmore? I think it is. And it's got, it's toned I think it's grey, is it grey or tanned? It's either grey or tanned, but um, yeah, I, I really enjoy working on that kind of paper. I think I've got one of those. It's a mixed media one. Yeah. They've got grey because... gray, gray and a sort of tan. They've got two, haven't they? Gray yeah, and tan. I can't remember. I think I got the tanned one, actually. When, because um, the one I've got now, if I try and put any wet media on it, it's rubbish. Yeah. The page buckles. So, but unfortunately, I've still got this book so big and so thick. I've got <laughs> lots and lots <laughs> of doing it. But never mind, never mind. Just going pastels. back quickly. Try pastels. Pastels, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I like pastels. I do. The only trouble is I hate... As I'm an oil painter, it's not always such a good idea for me to work with anything dusty in my studio. So even those charcoal sketches I did, I was sort of thoughtful about that, thinking, oh, I don't know, I'm not going to be able to do this for long because I don't don't need dust in my art room while I've got oil paintings drying. So I tend not to work with dusty materials. And also what I found, I I drew a a pastel painting of my old dog. She's passed away now. but um, And it's so sad because... I did it in pastels and it's faded really badly and oh, and even though I fixed it yeah it's nowhere near the vibrant painting it was so I that put me off I just put I don't think they're unless they're put behind glass you know immediately and yeah. I, I just don't think the long the, the the longevity of them I don't trust you know whereas yeah. oils go on forever but just going back to your watercolor uh, pencils you're talking about yes um have you ever tried using a spray bottle to wet them rather than a brush so no. drawing it all on yeah and drawing all your like coloring coloring the bits you want to color in and then instead of using a brush just using a spray bottle from a from a great height and then it just hits um areas and then it misses others and with those ink tents um, pencils it's great because obviously the color goes so intense doesn't it um yeah. and then where the water doesn't hit it kind of doesn't so that's another one and i know that some people use alcohol i'm not quite sure about that i've never tried it myself but i think it's almost like bleaches out the color so they'll oh, spray right. alcohol but, yeah but yeah that's another way of getting texture is to just use a spray bottle instead of using a brush because it's it's not quite so 
Um, precise. Yes, almost, isn't it? Yeah. exactly. And I know how much you love not being precise. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I might try that. Uh, so, oh, one, one more. And that was to, uh, we already said a, a, um, you were working over the top of things. I yeah, said that, didn't and, I? Yeah. But, but you can also try um, just something really simple, like instead of just straight working over, you know, a full piece of paper, you can just cut out shapes. If you've no idea what to do, cut out a few bits of coloured paper, stick them down and kind of work around them. See what it might look like. That's what I was doing with those doodle mornings, you know, when you mainly get up early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just just try things like that. Have you got any more suggestions? I like seeing work that is on different backgrounds, definitely. And I've seen people draw lovely um, sketches on newspapers and textbooks and music sheets and things like that. And that way, you're not actually having to do much at all. But you're just it's something about the background. Didn't somebody our group recently? I, I'm sure I saw somebody did a sketch, and it was kind of on a poem or something. And it was just the fact that there was even text on the page just gave it some kind of story yeah. behind it. Oh, literally. Wasn't it on a bill? Somebody did one on a bill. I know that. I don't know, but... Oh, an invoice or something. No, I don't think that's one I was looking at. I hadn't seen that one. But, yeah, so trying to draw on different things. And actually, we've got Draw on Junk June coming up, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it's Draw on Junk July now. Oh, is it Draw Draw on Junk July? That'll be interesting. Yeah. just try just trying yeah not necessarily just working with what you're drawing but what you're drawing on can have an effect um people often ask if it's okay to change your style and of course as i said earlier we're always going to naturally evolve over time and it's if we don't there's probably something wrong because it means you're not improving but what i wouldn't suggest doing is suddenly changing your style dramatically overnight um so particularly if you've got collectors or you're in a gallery um but to develop as you go i think is a really good thing um you might not even be bothered about finding a style at all and you just simply enjoy creating i've got a friend um she can paint or draw just about anything in any medium and by her own admission she hasn't got one particular style um if anything i think that's actually more clever but of course, if you're painting for a gallery, then they have to have consistency. So one way of getting around that is to create a body of work in each of your mediums and styles. Um, and that way you can approach different galleries for each one. So perhaps you love drawing, I don't know, meerkats in graphite or something <laughs> or, or animals in graphite. Maybe you love doing that, but then you also love painting landscapes. Um, that doesn't actually matter. But the other thing to remember is if you do have lots of styles if you have a website don't just sort of bung them all on there and say oh this this is my work this is what's for sale because that puts um anyone interested in your work off because they're looking to collect they're looking they're looking for someone who has a certain things they're specializing um particularly galleries so the way to get around that is to have them organised into kind of genres and mediums. So that way your visitors aren't so confused and, it, you know, it gives you more chance to be able to experiment without it affecting people wanting to buy your stuff. Yeah, I think that's similar to um, artist Kiran Patel, who is actually also known as Illustration Rain, who I spoke to. Yeah. It's almost like that idea of making collections. Yeah. And very similar to you said, she she said basically... You look at all her work and it all looks of the same sort of feel. But then she'll sort of experiment with doing something to it. So she says, you know, 
for a while she was using bleach to bleach out areas and that would form a collection say for example or then she had a thing where she was liking using gold leaf so it was again a similar kind of style but then she'd be applying gold leaf to areas so she said you could look at them all and know they were from one artist but they all had their kind of little differences and you know nuances yeah yeah no it's it's like um there's uh, I've, there's some artists let me think of some artists robert Genn. i don't know if you've ever heard of robert Genn. he used no. to have little red dots somewhere in virtually all his paintings they'd just be somewhere where there was a splash of red um there was another lady who she did a series called the little black dress and she did paintings of all sorts of things um not landscapes but you know urban paintings and somewhere in the painting there was always a a little black dress whether there was a person in the in the paint in the painting wearing a little black dress or whether it was in a shop window in the painting which I thought was a really cool idea so sometimes you can have just something about what you're painting that just carries through so you can kind of make a little series and that's another way it's kind of another way of um having a identity somehow oh that must be from that person because can you see the little black dress or whatever else there was a cartoonist similar to that and i can't remember who it was but he i know he did uh things for the newspaper and in every cartoon there would be a little picture of his wife somewhere yeah quite sweet (laughs) yeah i wish i could remember the name of that lady that did the black dress though i should i should be saying her name but i honestly can't remember at all it was i'll put it in the notes if you if you find it i don't i wouldn't know i'll have Uh, yeah i will have a look i will have a look one mistake though um artists sometimes make when they're trying to find their style is they look at what is selling right now um they look at what's trending right now and they look at what everyone else is painting right now and um, instead of painting what comes naturally to them or what they most love to paint that's what they do they do they do what everyone else is doing because they think well that must be what people like at the moment and I think that's a big mistake um, I really do I think that you need to paint only what you love and um, not just what you think might be popular because in my experience if I do it any other way then it just shows it shows in my work um, and besides, as we've already said, you, you want to stand out. And sometimes the best way to do that is to paint what everyone else is not painting. So, yeah, yeah, to try not to get caught too much in that trap. I probably did this myself, actually. Um, I probably about, I'm trying to think how long ago it was, probably 15, 20 years ago. I had another little girl painting, but I was very much thinking I'm going to do this to try and sell. And, and this was a problem because I wasn't I wasn't doing it for enjoyment, really. I was doing it as a sort of sideline. Um, so I started painting in acrylics. And I was, I was doing some sort of landscapes. And I did do some bottles and stuff like that. But all the while, I was literally almost like forcing myself to try and find this style and to try and do this thing that I think, thought would be sellable, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it really didn't work because I was purely, I wasn't enjoying it. I was purely drawing and painting for the fact that maybe I'd be able to sell some of these. Yeah. And, that's... Uh, and I, th- I think the same thing happened like recently because I, I started doing all these drawings and I was putting them on Facebook and someone contacted me and asked, did I tell you about this? Asked if I would do a portrait of their dog. I think she'd just seen one I've done of a horse. No, I haven't heard about this one. I uh, know. So she said, would I do a, do, do I do portraits of animals? Would I do it? And I thought, no, 
because I mean I don't even know what the budget she'd got for it but I thought I can't do it because as soon as I do something that someone's asking me for that you know I'm not ready to do this for a start and I'm not sure if I even want to do it I'm just going to kill my love of art again yeah it's so easy it's so easy to do that if you're doing something that you, you know it's not coming naturally to you yeah but yeah I mean like you just said about painting someone's dog somebody asked me to paint their dog before and I just didn't enjoy painting it and it showed did you, could, you did it you took it did you it was very yeah. very very early on when I hadn't yeah. got a style at all um and I just didn't enjoy it and I thought I don't know why I'm doing this I'm hating painting this <laughs> I'm actually yeah. hating it um I just there's things I love to paint and there's things I don't funnily enough I tend to draw the stuff that I don't paint isn't that interesting? I don't it know. is weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I really enjoy drawing them, but I don't enjoy painting them. Don't know why, but um, yeah. So don't I mean, uh, go sorry, on. go on. No, I was going to say that brings us back to not emulating someone else. Uh, yeah, I was going to say exactly the same thing. You just took my line. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, just to round up, it's basically using artists as inspiration, but not actually copying. Yeah. So you want to be inspired by the materials, the colours. Or even the subjects they're painting, but you don't want to be copying their style. You want to make something that's your own, and it's really, it's really difficult because you do get impatient. I mean, I'm getting impatient. I want to know what my style is, but I think if you try and push it, and I know for me, if I try and push it, I'm going to end up hating art again, and I'm not going to want to paint. Nice. So I think it's like going with it and enjoying it, and through doing that and experimenting, eventually, hopefully learning what you like doing i'm going to go back very quickly to last the last episode we did um funnily enough we didn't get to the uh topic i think until about halfway through did we but um we kind of touched (laughs) on too much yeah we we kind of touched on style a bit in that one and if anyone hasn't heard that one i think it'd be a good idea to go back and listen and we were talking about um emulating styles and in case anyone hasn't heard it i just i'll very quickly say um what I said in that episode pretty much was um, I there was an artist, uh, a very, very popular artist online. And um, she's so popular and she's made, you know, books and things like that and workshops. And um, she's got a very distinct style. But so many people online have emulated her style now that it's actually almost impossible sometimes to work out which are hers and which aren't. Um, and I think that's a shame. I think it's a real shame. You don't you don't want to be looking like someone else. That's one thing I th- you've got to try and avoid. You, you've got to try and not pluck a style off the shelf, if you like, and copy someone else. You know, it's really important. And it, it's not just important for you. It's important for the other artists because nobody wants, you know, their work to be emulated all over the place. Um, but it's ma- mainly important for you. you. You want to have your own style. But, you know it's often the case you you find it when you stop looking for it so just relax and enjoy the process um and and it will come you just need to keep painting keep drawing and it, it'll come to you just try just try and forget about it and, and enjoy it while you're what you know while you're learning are we going through the question we had a question didn't we we that, did we yeah. did um okay yes i think we that sort of sums it up so let's go on to the question last week or rather a fortnight ago rather we asked um if you were only allowed to paint or draw just one subject for the rest of your life what would it be and why 
so um we've got we had so many answers to this though didn't we we had how many did we have oh about, we had a lot we had it's about gotta be 20 or 30 i guess oh i, th- I thought it's closer to 50 we had oh, really we had loads loads and of course we can it would take up a whole episode so we've just picked a few uh maria bennett hock um says people they are an endless source of inspiration. We all have basically the same features, but look so different. It's a constant source of amazement. Uh, phaser people, sh- people was quite um, that was quite a common one, wasn't it? Yeah, people, uh, people like drawing people. They do, yeah, and and it's and she's right. They are all very different, aren't they? So it it'll never you can't bore of it, I suppose. Um, phaser shakes harder. I would draw hands. They never stop being interesting. I always have something new to learn with hands. Hands can also show a diverse set of meanings and emotions and characteristics of a special person or place. Hands are tricky as well, aren't they? <laughs> it would yeah, be a, it would I'd be it would be a challenge every you know every time you drew one. No, I think that's a great answer, and she's right. It's amazing what um, you can capture in in just the positioning of of hands. Uh, Tracy Fletcher King, <laughs> oh, you you gave me this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nobody's going to understand this. They're going to just think this is really rude. Uh, she she initially said, "I need to give this one some thought," and um, you'd need to go back and listen to the interview I did with uh, with Tracy a couple of episodes ago, and then you'll only then you'll know why I'm saying this. But I came back to Tracy, so she said, I need to give this some thought, and I came back saying, I'm guessing not man bits. <laughs> and she said, No, nor girls, or hairy butts. <laughs> and in fact, it's easier picking what I wouldn't paint. So, so again, I should explain. Um, yeah, go back and listen to episode four <laughs> if you want to know what that was about. Um, Apart from that, Craig Craig Hutchins, uh, dragons, he says, because they are so majestic and regal. Um, Mumsy Savo, a view of Senan Cove. It's in Cornwall between Penzance and Land's End, and it's a lovely little village with an amazing beach and beautiful people. I've actually been to Land's End. Oh, it's absolutely stunning. Have you, have you ever been there? I think years ago when I was a kid, but... <sighs> Did you see her photo she put up? Yes, I did. Oh, amazing. amazing. Something about the light in Cornwall is different. It's a long old drive. Yeah, it's a nice yeah. drive though. Okay, so I've got uh, Gemma Cleary. She says, the universe, now this is cheating, because it contains everything. Kind, kind of a trick answer, like using a wish for more wishes. So we've got Angela Murphy, and this made me laugh actually. She said, angels, no eyes, no angels. Right, angels with or without eyes. I have no idea what angels without eyes look like, but there we go. (laughs) Creepy, I'd have thought. Yeah, probably. And then we've got Julie McCabe. She says, is it McCabe? I don't know. Nature, as it's so diverse. I love rocky cliffs and trees. And then we've got Marion Plowman, whose work I love, who says, for me, it would have to be plants. So much to look at. Great colours, shapes, textures, finishes. I'd never get bored. And if there happened to be a ladybug or butterfly on it, that'd be a bonus. Yeah, and then we've got Art Rookie Go. I love her work on Instagram. Check her out. She says little houses. I always wanted to live in one, but I had different. But life had different plans for me. I'm not sad though. Maybe living in a little house is not really my thing. Maybe my thing is drawing little houses. And she does all this work that's like a black, red, and white with these tiny little graphic houses, all kind of wobbly lines. They're really nice. Anyway, the next brand new question. So what? subject do you least like painting and why so what subject do you least 
like painting and why? We so, know Tracy's answer, don't we? Yeah, hairy butts. Man, <laughs> butts yeah. <laughs> and I think my answer to that would be landscapes. I just don't like painting landscapes. I, I find them really boring. I love looking at them, can't stand painting them. What about you? Yeah, man bits, hairy butts and uh, probably <laughs> uh, still life. Yeah, how interesting. So how interesting. Yeah. The thing you love, yeah. isn't that weird? Yeah, so where can people give us their answers? Uh, yes, yeah, so you can tweet your answers at Kick Creative. Oh, God, I can't even say my words. <laughs> Kick Creatives. We always mess this bit up. <laughs> or let us know in the Kick and the Creatives Facebook group, which if you haven't joined, please come in and join that. It's quite busy, actually, at the moment. Loads of drawing going on, loads of conversation. Great group. Um, we'll also put the question up there. And we'll also put it up on Instagram as well. So you can contact us via Instagram, which is also Kicking the Creatives. Yeah, the group page is great because that's pretty much um, where most of the things are happening, isn't it, I think? And yeah. it's, it's a great way of us being able to see the answers really easily in one place. So if you haven't joined, I definitely recommend that, that you definitely do. And don't forget to look at our website, kickingthecreatives.com, to find out how you can take part in some of our upcoming creative challenges. And also the newsletter, which, um, again, we send out at the end of each month, and it tells you what challenges are coming up for the next one. So what challenges, when this goes out, it will be April, what challenges have we got for April at the moment? I don't know if we're going to have any more. So keep your eyes out, because we, we might be coming up with some more. But at the moment, it's abstract April, isn't it? And imitation April. Yeah, yeah. And there are some quite important guidelines with that one um as well so you must look at those before you actually do the the challenge yeah because you're you're good at following those aren't you <laughs> <laughs> right no. well it's been great a really good subject to talk about and we will be back in a fortnight yes see you then see ya thank you so much for listening we hope you enjoyed the episode and if you did perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on itunes back soon